0: Amen, Father. And we thank you for the mandate that you've given us to raise up, to train up leaders, Lord. And Lord, we pray for the leaders of Africa, but we thank you for the privilege of training up the next generation of leaders as well, Lord. And saying, God, here are we. Here are we to lead, that we are willing to step up and to lead and to be influencers for righteousness and godliness for you, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give the praise and worship team a hand? Yo, yo, that was just, it was so powerful to just, I I just loved, worship team, how you, uh, in faith, uh, led us to the throne room, and and just thank you. And I want to say a warm welcome to everyone who's here this morning, and welcome to those who are, are having church online this morning as well. It is a delight to have you with us. And I am Jenny, and and together with with Shark, we. We head up this church of his people that are passionate about him and passionate about people. And we are passionate about our continent, Africa and South Africa. And we believe that he has, he has placed us to bring our part and to make the difference uh, that he has ordained for us to, to make. And so we, we love that we can partner with you in that space. And so, uh, so welcome. And I want to say welcome to anyone who's here for the first time. Do we have anyone who's here with us in our venue for the first time today? If you don't mind just raising your hand so we can say welcome. Welcome to you. Okay. Uh, we, we are delighted to have all of us that are here today. Welcome. And I am going to hand over to our wonderful administrator, Thumelo, who we love having back with us after maternity leave. She just looks so good <laughs> after maternity leave. And so I just want to hand over to Thu, powerful woman of God.
1: Good morning, church. Um Thank you, Pastor Jenny, for such a warm welcome. It feels different to be on the other side after four months. Um, I'm just waiting for someone to say, "mummy," but I'm reminded I'm a, that I'm at church. They are not here. So it's good to be back, family. I would like to greet everyone who's here, even at home, as you're watching our live service. My name is Sumel Mbangi, as Pastor Jenny has said. I am the church administrator. Um, so this morning I would like to take you through our announcements. Um, Our first announcement is about our pre-registration on Eventbrite. So as people, we do things, but there should be a reason behind everything. So the reason why we would like everyone who's interested in coming to our live service to register, it is so that we can be able to keep track of the information that we have. So basically, it's for um, keeping track and trace purposes. What do you mean by that? If there's something that happens, then we should be able to get in contact with you. We know what is happening in our country at the moment and also in other countries as well. So we need to be able to be in touch with you. And also it helps us in the morning um, to avoid people filling in forms and now there's a long tube by the registration table. So it actually takes that load of um, the people that are serving at the registration table And it also makes it easy for people as they're coming into church, people that have registered as well. So we need to honor them by not keeping them waiting for long um, outside as well. Um, If you are not sure how to register, so we always send out a link every week. So the link that we're sending out, it's the same link. The reason why I am trying to put that out there is so that if you're wanting to register after this service, for next Sunday, you are welcome to use the same link. We have had people saying that, ah, I've tried registering on Saturday, but then there was a problem with the network. So that you do not encounter those problems again, you can register after the service using the same link. So that if you encounter problems, you have five days to still try again to register until you win. So please would like to encourage you to pre-register using our Eventbrite registration and then our second announcement we have prayer as a church we are a praying church we are a praying family church starts with individuals so we are the churches we are sitting here so everyone is welcome and invited to prayer this is a time of corporate prayer with the people of our church and also if you are not in our church you are welcome to come and pray prayer is not only limited um at his people church but if you love to join us for prayer you are welcome to come and join us so we have our thursday prayer we usually have it here in the hall from half past five to half past six in the evening and then on sundays like we have had this morning we have prayer from eight fifty until nine twenty. i think someone did not look at that slide the administrator is in trouble um So from 8.50 until 9.20, we are having prayer. But sometimes you go until 9.25 because we are led by the Holy Spirit. So you just need to bear with us on that one. But basically from 8.50 until 9.20, we're having prayer in the morning, outside by the children's church. If the weather permits, you will see us outside. But if it's raining, sometimes we'll be inside the children's church or we will be in the hall, depending also in the numbers. We know we're still trying to keep... um, social distancing and then um, may i please invite you or may you please stand with me as we are going to declare our finances to the lord okay the count of three may you please join me three two one declaration over our tithes and offerings lord we declare the blessings of malachi 3 10 to 12 today. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful end, says the Lord Almighty. Can I just pray for our tithes and offerings? Father, we thank you this morning that you are a good God. We thank you, Lord, that you are a faithful God. And as we come to you this morning, we come and we give cheerfully, Lord for we hold on to your promise of this word that you say to us, Father God. We pray, Lord, that as we give also, we give from a place of abundance, we give from a place of joy, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So if you would like to uh, put your tithes and offerings, there are two ways that we are using at the moment. You can EFT, take out your phone and EFT to our church account. Um, If you look at the screen, there's the info there. Or if you have physical cash or you have your tithes in an envelope, then you can uh, put your tithes and offerings at the box at the front door. Um, There's a slot there that you can just quickly put in your, your tithes and offerings. Amen.
2: Testing, testing. Good morning. So good to see you. Welcome to church this morning. And uh, I just want to commit this time to the Lord. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the anointing of your spirit upon your word. Lord, your words. you say in your word that the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. God, I pray that I wouldn't bring the letter of your word, Lord, but the spirit. By the Spirit. Lord, what the Holy Spirit intended when you anointed the the people who wrote these words of Scripture. Lord, that same anointing, that same inspiration, that same insight, that same revelation, Lord. Let it flow, Lord. We thank you for your word. I thank you for a word that brings life this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And I was just wondering if this fan couldn't be just aim this way. I I, I usually, I usually um, uh, would appreciate that, but uh, we often aim it that way. But uh, I think this morning, I'm just feeling it. So this morning, I want to carry on. Thank you so much. I want to carry on with this me- message entitled, Your Shape. And it's part two we started last week. And I just want to say that, Jenna you know, and I have just been discussing the significance of this word. And we're actually feeling that we should bring this into and let it be part of our membership course going forward. Because it's just so helpful when you understand this whole concept of your shape, how God has made you on the inside. And so the, the, the description for this message or this series is discovering your strengths, passions and giftings for His glory. Amen. It's for His glory. And if you go to the next slide, I was so delighted when I found this verse. Um, And it's in Job 10, verse 8. I found it this week. It says, Your hands have shaped me and made me. Our our, our series is called uh, Your Shape. And here, the words of Scripture use this word shape. And the other translations use the word formed. Uh, Some people use the word design, etc. And the whole point is, that God has shaped us not just externally, but very much internally. And understanding your shape, I want to submit to you is a lifelong journey. Because understanding your shape, and, and, and I, I just prayed at our prayer meeting, I was praying, understanding your identity reveals your destiny. It's from understanding your shape that where God wants you to be and how He wants to use you is informed and led and directed. And so it's just so important, this whole concept, that we, that we, that we really get a hold of it. And so I want to pu- I just put up, just on the next slide, the name of this man. and Just leave it there. And this is a very well-known Christian speaker, author. He's written amazing books, Max Locato. I trust many of you have heard or read his books. Really brilliant. And Max Locato, and I want to just, I'm going to read to you what he said. He said, God made one version of you. You're it. Just, just wait. I'll tell you when to go to the next slide. God made one version of you. You're it. You're the only you that there is. And if we don't get you, we don't get you. You're the only shot we have at you. You can do something no one else can do in a fashion that no one else can do it. You are more than a coincidence of DNA. You are uniquely made. But, does that mean that you can therefore be anything that you want to be? Just listen to this. If you are truly uniquely made, Now stop and think about this. If you are truly uniquely made, can you really be anything that you want to be? If you are not good with numbers, can you really become a great accountant? Einstein said, Amen. If you don't have an appreciation and a love for children, can you really be a great teacher? Well, you could be an unhappy teacher or an unsatisfied one. And this is what he concludes with. Max Licato says this. He said, can you be anything you want to be? I don't think so. But can you be everything God wants you to be? I do think so. And You do become that by discovering your uniqueness. I do think so. That you can become everything God wants you to be. And that's our heart and that's our prayer. God's not into clones, cookie-cutting people. I really believe that this journey of discovering your uniqueness is a lifelong journey. And I actually want to Maybe we should just put the fan off. It's just picking up over here. Sorry. It's picking up on the mic. Um, And I want to, again, I I did this invitation last week. This is not a three part series where tick, 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 sorted, I know who I am. Folks, I want to submit to you that this is a lifelong journey. Because each decade unfolds new opportunities for you and for me. And, folks, Understanding your unique creation design will determine whether you take an opportunity or whether because of who God has made you to be, you recognize that is not the place the Lord wants me to be. And I want to submit to you, I am still on this journey. I love what, and you've heard me quote um, Shrek in Shrek 1. I remember once I quoted somebody from... I uh, quoted from Asterix and Obelix and we had a new visitor and they said, any pastor that quotes from Asterix and Obelix is a pastor that I want to listen to more. So anyway, I don't know if Shrek does it for you. Some of you don't like Shrek. I know some people love to hate Shrek. I, lo- I remember Shrek said, Ogres are like onions. Okay, something like that. That's my best Shrek accent, okay. Ogres are like onions. What was he referring to? We all have layers. And I want to submit to you discovering your unique shape is a journey of uncovering layers of uniqueness of how God has made you to be. So, let's go on. And uh, just, uh, I want to put on the next slide, and this is where the word shape comes from. You obviously know that it is an acronym, and it's these six elements. It's your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality and prophetic identity, and your experiences. Now, I looked at each of these aspects, and today I'm going to be looking at spiritual gifts and heart, and next week my lovely wife is going to unpack the other four aspects. And so that is where we get the acronym from. And so let's let's go on to spiritual gifts. But I was so delighted, on the next slide, we had, um, as you know, we're part of the Every Nation family of churches and ministries, and in our region, Pastor Roger Pierce, he heads up our regional apostolic team. And we had an, uh, um, a Zoom uh, call with Every Nation Senior Pastors from across the region. Pastor Morris from Zim was there. And I mean, I could mention many people, Pastor Wayne, I mean, Pastor Gareth, etc. Many people you would know, Pastor Eric Babatel, And that we were all on this, on this call. And Pastor Roger shared this with us. Three cultures we are developing in every nation over the next three years. Now, I heard about this probably a month ago because uh, Jenny does a monthly um, also Zoom call with Pastor Carol Gosman, part of the prophetic teams. And and she shared this about a month ago, that um, Pastor Roger had gone away and really sought the Lord just for the next season, what the Lord wants us to focus on. As, as a family of churches and ministries across the region. And so, Pastor Roger then took this to the, the apostolic team and and have, they've slightly just tweaked the words, etc. but the heart, the principles that I heard a month ago are exactly the same. And I really love it and I want to just bring it to your attention because it ties into what we're actually looking at today. And so, Pastor Roger said three cultures that we want to look at. Firstly, a culture of honor. Secondly, a culture of biblical learning, and thirdly, a culture of the pursuit of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I heard those three a month ago, and I was, amen, I can do this. Uh, Sign me up, yes, sir. (laughs) And and I really love it. And it doesn't take away at all from our mission or or our core values, etc., but the reality is, and Pastor Roger just felt so, so so importantly, that, you know, culture is a combination of your beliefs and practice. It, it becomes like this is how we do life around here. And uh, I remember hearing years ago, I think it was Peter Drucker, a very famous sort of business consultant, he said this. He said, culture chomps strategy for breakfast every day of the week. Okay? Culture chomps breakfast. And so you can kind of strategize and say, you know, have all these charts and diagrams and stuff, but culture, it's just how we live. It really is the life that we live, and Pastor Roger, and I'm not going to unpack these three cultures now, he did on the Zoom call, um, and and we will, we will, but I highlighted there just the words gifts, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because that's what we're looking at this morning, and so when I heard him, I was like, okay, we're on to this, okay, Sunday, we're starting to unpack the many dimensions to this, as it always is. But I, I'm just delighted about this, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm in. We, we love this. I mean, every one of those points, I think everybody would say, yes, that's awesome. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that leading in that direction. So let's go on. So on the next slide, we're looking at spiritual gifts, and so there's three main portions of Scripture that we're going to look at this morning, that highlights spiritual gifts, okay? This is the first one, in 1 Corinthians 12 is the one passage of Scripture, then there is Romans 12, so they're both 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, easy to remember, and then there is Ephesians 4, okay? The, just in those three portions of Scripture, we get no less than 20 of the spiritual gifts that we're going to look at this morning. they are just three extra ones that I'm going to look at that are not found in those three scriptures, but um, we can unpack that, and we will. So, the whole concept of spiritual gifts. Let's start with the Bible. Says in verse one, one Corinthians twelve. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Okay, and I wanna, I wanna just say, if you are sitting here and you're ignorant of spiritual gifts, please forgive me. Okay, I haven't been doing my job. Paul is here. He's actually reminding them just the importance and. And I've been reading, Jenny actually said to me this week, why are you doing so much preparation? I've been preparing nearly the whole week for this. And the reason is that spiritual gifts, firstly, I believe are so important. And they have played such a significant role in the development and the growth of the church in the last hundred years. And I just want to take you on a brief little historical journey that in the the the, the last century has been known. Um, church historians have kind of labelled the last century, from 1900 to 1999, as the century of the Holy Spirit. That is hugely significant, and the reason is, on the 31st of December, nine the year 1900, Charles Parham laid hands on a woman and prayed for her, and she burst forth speaking in the gift of tongues. Folks, that is theoretically this very start of the last century. Charles Palm had a Bible school, and there was, was a, a, a an African American man that was blind in one eye who attended his Bible school, where Charles Palm was teaching on the gifts, particularly tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, this was so so new to the people 120 years ago. And Charles uh, and William Seymour went and did some meetings in a little street in Los Angeles called Azusa Street. And the Holy Spirit fell down and everybody burst forth praying in tongues. And that, that is known and people see that historically as the Azusa Street revival that was birthed from that moment. And and Charles Parham was, was kind of instrumental in the impartation of this to William Seymour. And so... Since then, the Pentecostal church was birthed. And the Pentecostal church, but the significant thing about the Pentecostal church was they very much believed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit but the emphasis was on the leaders or the pastors doing all the ministry, flowing in the gifts. And so, it was not an impartation of actual church members flowing in the gifts. You may have the gift of tongues but it was just like Enjoy it by yourself. And then what happened, and I was reading, I, I, I was reading I'm literally three books by Peter Wagner on gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amazing. I just love Peter Wagner. And he said this. He said, the change happened in the 1970s. In the 1970s, the charismatic movement was birthed. And what was that? The, literally, gifts, the, the, the Greek word for gifts is charismata. And so charismatic movement, what, what was that about? That was literally where the wider body of Christ, besides the Pentecostal church, started embracing the gifts of the Holy Spirit, started being baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, interpreting tongues, prophesying, praying for sick, seeing people getting healed, doing miracles, all the all the gifts started flowing. And and the whole charismatic movement was birthed. And and I mean, I'm just reading Peter Wagner. He said the impact on the world coming from then has just, the world will never be the same again because of that. So that's just a brief, brief historical journey. That doesn't mean the spiritual gifts weren't operating in the last 2,000 years. It's just sporadically you would find people. They would pray for people and suddenly, miraculously, somebody get healed. But they wouldn't pray in, and, and you know, the Catholic Church, it was so it was so significant for them that if you prayed for anybody and they got healed, you were officially declared a saint in the Catholic Church. Okay? That would officially mean that we've got quite a few saints in our church right now. Okay? Uh, That's how rare it was. But I I just mentioned that to highlight that the gifts never went away. People just didn't have a biblical understanding of how they operated, how they flowed, etc. So verse 4 says, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit all comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen? What Zinzi was praying during worship, it's from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Given to each one for the profit of all. Now, I just want to camp on this verse and I want to unpack two things. Firstly, there are different gifts but the same Spirit. I want to ask you this question. Who doesn't have any gifts of the Holy Spirit? You don't have to answer, I'll answer it for you. It's a rhetorical question. I want to submit to you that if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, that it is not possible for you to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So a person who doesn't know Jesus Christ and has not been baptized in the Holy Spirit will not be able to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are gifts of the Holy Spirit. You need to surrender and yield your life to the spirit through which we are empowered to flow in these gifts. Okay? But this is the exciting thing. If you're a born-again believer and you've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to submit to you that not just one, but there are a number of spiritual gifts that are your inheritance and that you are able to flow in. And, and, And I want to say this. You don't just have one gift. You have a gift mix okay, just give a a thumbs up to your neighbor and say, gift mix, okay, you've got a gift mix, I'm going to be putting up a list of 23, Peter Wagner in his one book, his latest book had 28 gifts, the previous book had 26 gifts, his previous book had 24 gifts, why? As we are growing since the 1970s as the Church of Jesus Christ, of are understanding of these gifts, we are recognizing more, and there's actually one gift I'm going to put up today that I've never put up with this list, list of gifts before. And as I've studied scripture, and as my, you know, I've just, I've seen some things, and I'm like, that's definitely a gift of the Holy Spirit that we need to put in there. And so, you have a gift mix, and nobody, just as your fingerprints are unique, and the the, the pattern in the retina of your eye is unique, and as your voice pattern, they can, they can test your voice. but Your voice pattern is unique. All those things are unique. I want to submit to you, your gift mix is unique. If we have, if we, and we have got, and we want to roll out the spiritual gifts test, I don't believe a single believer on this, on this planet will answer the same to all the questions and therefore get the same answer. And that's wonderful, and it's beautiful, and that is how it should be. Please don't compare your gift mix to my gift mix, or Jenny's gift mix, or Zinzi's gift mix or Cynthia's gift mix, please be yourself. Please be uniquely yourself and celebrate the gift mix that God has given you. Amen? It's beautiful. Given to each one for the profit of all. That each one, that is where the church missed it and has missed for hundreds of years. The Pentecostal church, they flowed in the gifts, but it was the clergy, the pastors, that were flowing and operating in the gifts in all the ministry spheres. It was not each one. And this has been a radical revolution. Each one. Each one. Okay? Hold up your finger, one, and just show your neighbor, one. Okay? I'm That's you. That's you. Each one. Folks, I pray that we would have a church community where each one gets to flow in the gifts and not just, you know, Mpundisi. Absolutely, I love doing it myself. My job is to empower you to flow in your gift mix. Amen? And so each one for the profit of all. Folks, there's a scripture that says when you get together, each one has a gift. You know, when the thing, when I started going to His People Church 32 years ago in Cape Town when I was a student, the thing that drew me was people flowing in the gifts. I didn't know it was possible for anybody but the pastor to hear from God. You know what drew me is that people would come to the front just like, I mean, this morning, on stepped forward and shared with Jenny a prophetic sense she had over here. Okay, The band, you know, Joanne, when she was praying there, it was that was just a pro- an unction by the Holy Spirit and she was praying and just and worshipping and praying out for the, for, for the continent of Africa. That is individuals stepping into the gifting. When I saw that at His People Church 32 years ago, I was firstly blown that non-pastors could hear from God and that there was a church that actually gave space and for people to actually share a prophetic sense that they have. i would never experienced that in my life before. And I want to say this is so important to each one for the profit of all. We need your gift mix. It's unique, but we need it. Too. What you bring to the party, what you bring to this church community, we need. We all need it. Amen. So let's go on. So this is carrying verse 8, same chapter 1, Corinthians 12. It says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. As He wills. Amen? It's not about us. I want this gift. I believe God works with our desires, but He uniquely distributes gifts to us and we praise God for it. I've underlined in this portion of Scripture nine of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we see in Scripture. This is one of the lists in Scripture. It's not all the gifts mentioned, but it's got nine of them. And and I just want to unpack some of them. A word of wisdom or a word of knowledge are the first two over there. Let me say that the Holy Spirit imparting wisdom to us and knowledge is so is so significant. I, I actually believe that many of the breakthroughs in science and technology and research that we see in the planet has come because of an inspiration from the Holy Spirit in people. And and when it's a word of wisdom that would when you you have the sense the, the, this wisdom or this knowledge by the Holy Spirit and you actually speak it. We use the word of knowledge a lot when we are praying for people, we want to pray for people in the, who, are, who are sick. The Lord may give you a word of knowledge. Knowledge, a word of knowledge or the gift of knowledge is when you know something that you could not know apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealed it to you. I think two or three weeks ago, Abby had a word of knowledge for lower back pain. Remember. And how the Lord gave that word of knowledge, she actually felt some pain. And she was, this is not my pain. I haven't hurt my back. And so often we found that as you release the word of knowledge, so you've got information that you couldn't know apart from the Holy Spirit. We prayed for, I don't know, five or six people for lower back pain. Okay? But she had the knowledge. I want to ask you, how many of you are trusting for that gift in your sphere of work? How many of you are, you're you're a student and you like, I need that work. There is some knowledge in my textbook that's that, that, it's just not joining over here. Okay, they're saying that and that, and in between, yeah, I need Holy Spirit. Boom, give me downloads. Okay, if you get to speak it in that, would be a word of knowledge. Okay, wisdom is different to knowledge. So knowledge is the Holy Spirit imparting to knowledge about current or past things that you couldn't know by yourself. And I've I've recognized I've recognized this gift in hindsight when I worked as an engineer. There were times, I remember, when I would sit in a meeting as a junior junior engineer with senior engineers, and I would just know, boom, I would see something. And again, I think it was more wisdom, because this is, let me say this, the difference in knowledge and wisdom is this. Knowledge is knowing something by the Holy Spirit about current or present. Wisdom is actually taking knowledge and seeing how to implement it. It's more looking towards the future. I remember sitting as an engineer, and just seeing a solution for a stormwater problem. I was like, I'm surely everybody can see. You've got to do this, you know, whatever. I just saw it. And I, and again, in the moment it felt natural, felt like, well, you know, I've just got a great idea. In hindsight, I've realized that was from the Holy Spirit. Where did that idea come from? That it, when you get an epiphany, often I want to submit it to so it's, it's, it's the gift of knowledge or the gift of wisdom And if God unctions you to speak that, it will be a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom into situations. And and I want to submit to you, there are scientific breakthroughs. There are breakthroughs in research. I want to submit to you, are we praying, for example, for COVID-19 vaccine, that God would download this gift into people that we would see breakthrough? Amen? It's one way we can pray for a breakthrough besides just praying for healing. Okay. Go on, I can spend all day. I love this stuff. The gift of faith. The gift of faith is different to the, the living by faith based on the Word and the promise of God that every one of us do. The gift of faith, and, and, and I remember this story. Now, Smith Wigglesworth, I've shared verse to us. He operated in the gift of faith. It's where just suddenly you have faith that you know like you know God's going to do this. And uh, the story of Smith Wigglesworth, there was a big guy, and this guy had stomach cancer. And uh, he asked for prayer. So, Smith Wigglesworth, but I think this was the story. The the guy actually didn't tell him. He was in the congregation. And Smith Wigglesworth knew he got a word of knowledge, okay, that this guy had cancer. And secondly, he had faith that God wanted to heal him right now and right there. So, he got off the stage, he ran down the aisle, he ran to the guy, he said, stand up, you've got stomach cancer, right? The guy said, yes. And by faith, he punched the guy in the stomach. Big guy, bigger than Smith, like a head taller. The guy fell down to the ground and Smith said, are oh, you healed? He said, the pain's totally gone. Now that you don't do unless you have the gift of faith. Okay? Uh, okay. But two gifts are operating over there. And, and again, the, you know, people said, Smith, why did you whack him in, in the thing? He said, I wasn't mac- whacking him. I was whacking the devil. Okay? Again, you need to know you have faith and you've heard from God to do that. So faith is just it's a supernatural faith by the Holy Spirit. There have been times in my life where I've felt we need to do something, and there's been such an urgency in my heart. And I've and again it's in hindsight. As you study the gifts, I was like, you know, when I was pursuing that when I was going, I actually believed that it was it was a supernatural gift of faith that we would see breakthrough in that area, we needed to go after it. Okay, let's move on. Gifts of healings. Now it's interesting, it's plural healings. There are people like Heidi Baker. Up in Pemba, she has a 100% success rate in praying for deaf people. Everybody she lays hands on gets healed. She has, healing is plural, she has a, an unusual anointing to heal deafness in Pemba in northern Mozambique. Amen? There are many other. How many of you, you've seen breakthrough in a particular area of healing? Praise God for that. Randy Clark said that for years they didn't see any breakthrough in healing of mental diseases. And they were pressing in, God we want the anointing to see healing for mental illnesses, and they got it. But he, he recognized that, hey, we see healings for, for, for back aches, back, and, and he went through the lift. But that area, we're trusting you for the gift of healing for mental illnesses, and we've seen breakthrough in that area. Other ones, work your miracles. Let me just say, miracle is different to healings. A miracle, for example, again, when we were in Pemba, there was a conference, and they expected about 200 people, so they got. They got, I think, two or three of these big bags of bread, Portuguese loaves, and they were there. 2,000 people came out of the bush to the conference. Oh, my goodness. And we promised them food at the conference. So what do you do? You pray over these Hessian bags. I saw the bags. There were like, I think it was two bags. I don't know how many rolls could fit in one, but it was meant for like 200 people. Literally lay hands. And then you start taking rolls out and you start handing out rolls and you start handing out rolls. 2,000 people got from two, bag, two Hessian bags, Portuguese rolls each. What happened? That's working of miracles. You're not healing the bread. Uh, I don't know how. Okay. How many of you have, for example, prayed when you're out of petrol that God would still get you there? Hey? Okay. We've, we've we, 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 I've said we've prayed. We haven't got that anointing, let's just say, us in the Obi family, because, um, okay, let's not go there, okay. But that that would be, how many of you know stories, Jesus did it, when you are addressing elements of weather, there's so many stories, where people have actually spoken to the weather, whether rain or wind, that's miracles, you're doing a miracle, okay. Um, It's different to healing, so so just highlight that. Prophecy, prophecy, we teach a lot on that. Um, Prophecy is where you are giving an utterance by the Holy Spirit, okay? And often it, it could be, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, could be an expression of prophecy. And we teach on prophecy a lot. We trust you, you know about that, okay? Discerning of spirits. It's actually, there's a gift of discernment and, and, and then there's also discerning of spirits. I've read some stories of guys who have the amazing ability to, for example, discern an, an angelic presence. And I, I love this. You know they'll say, I've had people, they've said, Pastor, when you're preaching, I can see an angel standing behind you. I was like, why don't you tell me to look around and see it? I've never seen the angel, okay? And I've had, been in meetings where, in worship, and people say, I feel the angel. I remember once, I was one friend, he blows in the sky. We were driving, we'd, we'd been at Bethel, and we were driving back, and we went, we went in, in Los Angeles, some phenomenal bridges. And literally, as we went, he said, I discern a demonic spirit sitting on top of that bridge over there. I said to him, Mark, just drive faster, please, my man. Let's get over this bridge, okay? You know? Now, now again, when, if somebody has that gift, they need to be mentored on how to use that good gift for the advancement of the kingdom. I know people who can literally, uh, uh, Prophet David Griffiths, he, he could literally discern this your spirit. We're a spirit. We have a soul, we live in a body. And he would, I remember one guy, he said, you have a hilarious spirit. He didn't know the guy. He's a prayer line. He said, you've got a hilarious spirit. We all burst out laughing. Because so that guy was just the funniest. He was always cracking jokes left, right, and center. Daddy Griffiths doesn't know this guy. He said, I discern, I see you've got a hilarious spirit. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that's a beautiful gift. And you can see how it can flow together with the gift of prophecy. Okay? And then Hello, computer. Come back. Wake up. There we go. Okay. Then, let's go on. Tongues. Beautiful gift. And again, I just want to highlight, there's a private tongue for your personal use. And in then, in, in a context, when we worship together, somebody could bring a tongue, and together with that would be an interpretation of tongues. In Corinthians, it says, when you come together. And folks, I want to submit to you, we actually haven't had anybody bring a tongue during a worship service in a while. I want to submit to you prophetic types. Okay, where's your faith? Okay, and of course you bring a tongue, you bring interpretation so everybody can understand what that tongue is. I want to submit to you, I was, I, was, I was thinking, come on, why aren't we pressing into this gift? There we got nine of them, let's go on. Okay, so now the next list, Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 16, and he himself gave some, next slide, To be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints to work in the ministry. There's another five gifts. Now, I know this is mentioning people who are functioning in the office of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And we definitely recognize that that is what we would call the fivefold ministry, that, that the leaders that lead God's church by the Holy Spirit need to function in these offices. But... There's also the great gift in these areas. Let me briefly highlight an apostle. Think of Paul the apostle, he went to new areas, pioneered new churches, etc. Very often, somebody who has an apostolic anointing firstly has a big leadership gift, but also has a grace for breakthrough, for pioneering new things, etc. And we find, and 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 this is the amazing thing. I was reading Peter Wagner, he said. Seeing these gifts being operated in the marketplace, not by fivefold ministers, is, is a whole new dimension. I know somebody who is in business, and I record in that sphere, in the business sphere, he has an apostolic anointing. If I look at the number of businesses he's opened, if I look at how he's pioneered businesses, and I look at the Apostle Paul, the churches he planted, New Reeds, I was like, he has an apostolic anointing in business, Okay. That he doesn't call himself apostle business or whatever. Okay, let's not get weird and wonderful. But there's a grace on people. Uh, the prophetic, I want to say the office of the prophet is very different to the gift of prophecy. Every single believer can have the gift of prophecy. It doesn't mean you print a business card and say, I'm prophet, so-and-so, etc., okay? But you can offer, operate in the gift of prophecy. And this is the thing. Prophetic people are often very, they would flow in the gift of discerning of spirit. Um, you know, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, all the, uh, many of these gifts, can you see how it's a mix, they come together? But what's important about prophetic people is just the the number, for example, of supernatural encounters that prophetic people have are just off the charts. I mean, Pastor Jim LaFood, and he shares these stories of, you know, he's flying, yeah, and then the angel, and he'll describe the angel, and what the angel, and and the message that I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, when people tell me they see angels, I'm squinting my eyes, I'm trying to see. It's like, oh, show me Lord, I want to see them too. Okay, they 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 have an and an amazing, amazing stories to tell of supernatural encounters, but also they're able to facilitate that in and for other people, amen. The prophetic, the presence. Um, signs, wonders, and miracles often prophetic people are just flowing in this so powerfully. So we love pro- prophets, we love the prophetic, and and so and so if we are going to go after signs, wonders, and miracles, supernatural, we have to go after this office, this gifting in a big way. Amen. Evangelists. Now, obviously, evangelists. Let me say, obviously, I have a heart for the lost. Dwight L. Moody was asked why. Because Dwight L. Moody was from America, uneducated, phenomenal evangelist 120 years ago. And he, he, was, he was in England. And the pastors there, they said, you're so unqualified. You have no theological degree, etc. But yet you're leading so many people to the Lord. He said, what, what, what is it about you? And Dwight L. Moody, he took these guys he was, he was talking to, he took them to the window, looking out the street of London. He said, what do you see? And they said, well, we see some people, you know, in shops. We see, and they're describing the people. He said, I see people who don't know Jesus and are going to a Christless eternity. Can't you see what I see? That's the heart of evangelists. They see the need for people to surrender their lives to Christ and they are no compromise that that is the main thing on the planet. Amen? And often I've said to you, you know, the prophet is just, we need, you need to encounter more of God. And the evangelist is stop encountering God and come with me and reach the last. that are going to a Christless eternity. Amen? And they're not in contact. Both of them represent the heart of our Father. He loves the lost and He wants you to have an encounter. Amen? And we need to celebrate the place of the evangelist and the prophet. Amen? Evangelists are, are often, people are very good with engaging new people, have that grace. If you easily talk to somebody that you don't know, I want to submit to you that grace could be not, an opportunity because the evangelist can just connect with people like this. Amen. Often people are very good at sales, for example. That grace, that grace in the marketplace would be the evangelistic anointing to be able to connect with people that you don't know. Okay? And then pastors. Pastors want to see people grow and mature and are passionate about, about people being trans lives being transformed, people being set free from stuff, etc. Very often, people in pastoral ministries, they love caring for people. People in compassionate ministries, people who have a lot of mercy and compassion, that is the prophetic grace, the pastoral grace operating them. And finally, teachers teachers just have insight as to why, why things are happening. Often a teacher will flow with the gift of knowledge or the gift of um, um, uh, wisdom as well as they're able to join the dots and explain and make sense of all these things. Okay. I'm just highlighting that. Let's go to the next slide. Okay, let's go on. I'm actually going to skip that slide, Cynthia. Let's go on to the next one, Romans 12. Let's go to Romans 12. Romans 12, beautiful scripture where he says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Okay? Then he says, verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve God's will. As believers, we want God's will. I believe these two points about being living sacrifices and, and thinking God's thoughts are key to understanding His will. But I've never seen this next point that, I've made, that I want to make. You want to discern God's will? Just spend time in these two verses. Consecrate your life to Him. Say, God, may I think your thoughts. And Peter Wagner highlighted this in his book, in on the Holy Spirit, that Romans 12 highlights one of the important lists on gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he said he believes it's vital for you to discern God's will for your life is actually to discern the gifts that God has given you. And that is the key to discerning God's will for your life. I've never seen the connection between these verses in the beginning of Romans and the list of gifts which we're going to put on the next slide. So here's this list on the next slide. Um, We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. I've never seen this connection between knowing God's will and the gift. Folks, discerning God's gifts in your life is going to be an amazing journey of discerning God's will for your life. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's... Sorry, I must, I must also go to that slide. Let me just go there. If a man's gift is prophesying, and again, you know these lists Yeah, he's repeating a gift that he's mentioned before. Let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, there's another gift. Let him serve. If it is teaching, another one we've mentioned before, let him teach. If it's encouraging or exhortation, this is one of the gifts of the Spirit. Some people have an amazing ability to just encourage. You get with them, like Barnabas. in The, the Bible is, describes Barnabas in the Bible as the son of encouragement. He flowed in the gift of encouragement. People love being around encouraging people, they're always just encouraging you. I've got. I've got a few friends. I love being with them. You know you're going to get encouraged. Amen. It's a gift of the Spirit. Amen. Let Him encourage. If it's contributing or giving to the needs of others, let Him give generously. It's so interesting that the, the, the gift of giving is one of those gifts that that, that is, is not, you don't often see it unless by God's amazing grace, you're the beneficiary of somebody who flows in this gift of giving. They very often, they don't want people to know that, but they just absolutely love giving and looking for opportunities to give. It just alights them. It, it just, and that's the thing about all these gifts. When you flow in your gifts, you come alive. You feel like life is worth living. The birds are singing, even if they aren't, you know. It's a spring morning, even if it's a dark week. It's like when you flow in your gift, you energize, you're in your sweet spot, Okay. And this is the thing with with giving as well. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. A person with leadership gift, they can't help but wanting to offer leadership in any situation. What's so sad is when people kind of don't respect and recognize that gift. We need this gift in Africa. Amen? Let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, the mercy gift, often pastoral, has this gift. But mercy motivates people. They can't walk past a beggar in the road without giving them something or stopping to pray for them or something like that. It just it just comes out of... These are gifts of the Holy Spirit. we uniquely wired with a unique combination of these gifts, okay? Now, I put it all on a list. I'm not looking at all the scriptures. I could. We could look at a hundred scriptures on this. The Bible is full of this. But this is it on a list. So, Cynthia, let's go to the first list. And I've just I put them in alphabetical order. Um, that and, and I'm doing that purposely because I don't want... I don't want us to get in this thing that... Some gifts are better than others. In every one, if you read these three portions of Scripture, we look on gifts. In every one of those contexts, before or after, he lists the gifts for the Apostle, he mentions the body. I want to submit to you, in, if we look at the human body, if you need to hear someone, what part of the body is needed in that moment? Your ear. where we go. If you need to pick up something, What part of the body do you need most right there? You need your hand. So what gift is the most important? It is the gift that is required in that moment. Let's not exalt and say, "Oh, you know, I've got the gift of prophecy. You know, I feel sorry for you that you only have the gift of giving. You know, poor you. You know, I hope that they allow you into the same heaven that I will be going to. Okay? Okay? I I say that because, folks, and you've often heard me say, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Unfortunately, this area of gifts has caused more men or women to fall from grace than to just about anything else. Because when you're flowing these gifts, you look good, you look so amazing, you feel good, you're in the sweet spot, but it's not good when it goes to your head and you forget that it's by the Holy Spirit, it's not your amazingness, okay? It's all His amazingness. So, that's why I put it in alphabetical order, so we're not highlighting these are more important than others. Sometimes if you need to hear something, you need to hear, if you need to pick up something, you need a hand, it's what's needed in each situation. So let's go through them. Administration. I haven't mentioned this list. I absolutely love this list. And right now, could we just pray for Clumelo, okay? I don't know why God seems to call pastors to the ministry who who, who lack administration skills. But he compensates by giving amazing administrators, amen? Uh, So many ministries, honestly, so many ministries. If we could just do better on our administration, you will make such a greater impact for the kingdom. So often we are just limited in our impact because of bad administration. Let's look for the gift. I mean, I knew one lady years ago. She did house sitting for us. And she has this gift, folks. She loves tidying up. She loves tidying up. She's moved out of Maritzburg and I'm praying, praying for that gift to reemerge. She, she, how sad was she, tidy up, we had a cupboard full of DVDs and videos, and it was always a mission to climb in and find the video you want. She looked at that, she said, please, can I tidy it for you? I said, be my guest. She drew up a list, she named it, and drew an alphabetical list of everything in that cupboard. I was like, this is amazing. I've never, ever thought of doing that, okay? Obviously, pray for me, for my gift of administration skills, Okay. She dropped a list. Now you go to the... But there's an alphabetical list and it's all in alphabetical order. You can find anything you want. I was like, this is a miracle. Amen? Apostolic, we've looked at. And again, I'm putting apostolic, not apostle. Yes, in the church, we recognize apostles in the office of the apostle. But the apostolic gift can be seen in the marketplace. Craftsmanship, another one I haven't mentioned. In the Old Testament, it describes the people that worked on the temple as being anointed craftsmen. Folks, there are people that are anointed to work with their hands like you won't believe. I want to submit, a surgeon that works through looking through lasers and can stitch nerves together has an anointing of craftsmanship upon them. Absolutely, it's applied in the arts. People, folks, life, we need beautiful things around us. Amen. There are people who are anointed to see and get creative ideas, but not just stay in the heads. They can actually with their hands create it and not just see a beautiful chandelier or light fitting. They can actually figure out then, I want to submit to you, the gift of wisdom that they can actually figure out, hey, this is how we can do it and make something beautiful and make life beautiful. Who can, and a surgeon, I want to say, there are people, there are Christians working in laboratories across the world, engineers that are making things with machines, that are working with their hands. Not, not, I'm not saying they're not using their heads, but that have an anointing to make things that are phenomenal. I want to say, that's Holy Spirit operating there. Amen. It's not just the spiritual stuff. Some of you are good with your hands, and sometimes you do stuff and you say, wow, that came together amazingly. Let's give Holy Spirit the, the honor for that. Discernment, I want to say there's a broader gift of discernment. We've got to watch that it's not the gift of suspicion, okay? And, and, and an expression of that discerning of spirits is very valid. But discerning things is just, and, and we'll unpack it more um, at a later stage. Evangelism, we've looked at. Encouragement, we've looked at. Faith, we've looked at. Giving, we've looked at. Next list. Nine. Healing. Hospitality. Oh, my goodness. I know Ursula Wang is not here, but uh, if you ever get invited to Ursula's house, it is just a treat. She absolutely loves hosting people. She can cook amazingly. And right now, you're all checking, is her name in my phone book? Where can I get her number from? But we have experienced some amazing hospitality from some people. We recognize that as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Intercession, I haven't mentioned, intercession is is and, and we're delighted that we've actually got an intercessory team going in our church, started in lockdown. And they've been playing midnight hour from 12 to 1. Intercession is prayer. And intercession literally means where you stand in the gap with people. And I'm not going to unpack this gift right now just due to time. But it is people who have a, a supernatural ability to stand in the gap and, and pray on behalf of people for situations. Very often the prophetic gift is operating, gift of wisdom, gift of knowledge. Because they sing, gift of discerning of spirits, Spirit, all these other gifts are operating together with an intercessory gift because they are praying things that they just know in the Spirit and man, things happen, okay? Gift of knowledge, we've looked at leadership, we've looked at mercy, miracles, the missionary gift, so evident. Folks, The missionary gift, you have an ability to engage with foreign cultures. You have an ability with languages that is just supernatural. I've heard of people, you know, usually take three months to learn a language, they go into a foreign culture and literally can pick up the language like just about instantaneously. Uh, that's, that's a missionary anointing. The psalmist, now with, with a band I was playing, this is the one I said, I've never mentioned this one before. It's being recognized, I read Peter Wagner was just highlighting in his book. The psalmist, David, in the Psalms highlights there are times when David, for example, pray, uh, played the harp. For Saul, the impact was transformation on Saul. He was playing under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what we are wanting from our worship teams, that they would have the psalmist anointing. It's an ability. Dave McCullough, Dan McCullum, uh, uh he shared the story with us. When he was 17, he was in church, and the pastor called him and said, Dan, I want you to come and play the piano. Dan said he'd never played the piano in his life before. He got up there. And he played the most amazing music. There was nobody in the room that was more surprised than Dan himself. He just played the piano and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And all our musos said, Lord, give me more right now. Amen. It's anointing of this pastor. We've looked at prophecy, service and helps. Folks, people with service and helps such a beautiful gift. They just love helping people. They don't want the credit. They love being in the background. They just want to help. If there's an opportunity to help, they're like, please, I want to do it. Beautiful. Teaching. Tongues and interpretation of tongues we've looked at and finally the gift of wisdom expressed often through a word of wisdom. Beautiful. Folks, I've only got 23. Peter Wagner's list 28. I'm just putting 23 there just to keep it simple due to the time. We've got a questionnaire and we actually are, we've just been chatting to some of our leaders how we can outwork this. I've got a questionnaire brilliant where you go through the questionnaire to identify your top five, I think it is, gifts. Unique gift. Folks, when we function in this, life is beautiful. I want to go, I said we're going to do spiritual gifts in heart. And I'm wondering if I should. I'm looking at my wife. We often afterwards say, "Mm." let me just highlight heart because I think I can do it fast. Heart. Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Folks, the Bible speaks about us getting a heart of flesh. In this verse I always thought, well, delight yourself in the Lord and just whatever desires I happen to find in my heart, they'll come to pass. Until I realize that when you delight in the Lord, you get His heart. And the desires in your heart are not your own, self-centered, selfish desires. They're actually His desires. And folks, it's a key way that we can discern our shape is discerning what God has given you a heart for. Proverbs 4.23, on there's uh, an scripture, to God, your heart of all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Out of it spring the issues of life. Folks, discerning the passions, desires that God has placed in your heart are key to understanding your shape. James 3.14 says, But if you have a bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Put the scripture up there because I'm just submitting to again. Not everything in our hearts is of God. Some stuff we need to deal with. Selfish ambition and bitter envy is not the kind of stuff you want to say, that's my shape. That's the stuff we get on the potter's wheel. And we say, Lord, get those lumps out of, of, out of the clay, out of my heart. But what does it look like? I've, got, I've just got two lists and spent quite a lot of time working on it. But I want to just, on this slide, I want to highlight again. Go to the next slide, quickly, Cynthia. The purpose, and and I put this slide up last week, but I want to highlight this. The Purpose Driven Life, that's the book from which Rick Warren wrote about shape first, and I highlighted last week. And a, the shared purpose of life while your shape focuses on helping you discover and fulfill God's specific purpose for your life, that which unlocks your strengths, passions, giftings, and glory. The highlighted shared purpose and specific purpose. And I just want to again say, and I want to say this, I said it last week, that the shared purpose is often, is often more significant than specific purpose. In his book, only one-fifth of the book is on specific purpose. The rest is our shared purpose, our shared purpose to glorify God in everything that we do. It's a shared purpose. Our purpose that we place Christ at the center of everything that we do. That's not an option for well. You know, I don't feel like doing that, you know, did that, yesterday, okay Lord, I want to do some of my stuff today. No, 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 no no. Putting Christ at the center of everything we do is not an option. We always, that is our starting point. And I, I say to you, I don't believe you can fully fulfill your specific purpose if you run away from your share, our shared purpose. Let's go on. So these lists, oh, Jen and I had fun with these lists this, uh, last night. Heart, and I'm putting at the top there, compassion for people. You know, Jesus a number of times says he was moved by compassion. This is, it's a God compassion. Like, uh, let me say, Jenny, for example, I've seen it over the years. Whenever we pray for Zimbabwe, Jenny just starts crying. Yes, she's from Zim. God has given her a unique compassion for the nation of Zimbabwe. It doesn't mean she necessarily has to move there and, you know, whatever. But she has a heart for that nation. She's moved by compassion, and it's beautiful. Okay, let's, let's just go with the list. Thanks, Cynthia. Firstly, I'm putting up there, the broken hearted the essence of a counseling or inner healing ministry is you have a heart for the broken hearted. A city. God could give you a heart for a particular city. Children, the disabled, the divorced, elderly, or an ethnic group. I know so many missionaries where God has given them a particular heart for a particular ethnic group. Next. A nation. This God is doing so much, especially in every nation, uh, having heart for nations. God may give you a heart for a specific nation. You may have a heart to minister to parents. And especially, I find older folks, the Bible actually instructs older women to instruct younger women. And folks, we've so often, Jen so often, it's another thing she has compassion for is young mothers. Because she remembers how she struggled as a young mother with all the dynamics of new babas. And she has a grace to minister to young mothers. The poor, the prisoners or captives in Isaiah 61. That could be people physically in prison or people who are in spiritual bondage, of course. A particular region. I just love Joanne prayed for Africa. Africa is a region that requires our prayers. I love that. God unlocked, through through her compassion, prayers by all of us for, for Africa this morning. A religion. I know somebody who just has such a passion to see Muslims come to know the Lord. She stays in Cape Town. She's never been to the Middle East. But whenever she encounters a Muslim person in Cape Town, she's just moved by compassion. She's just drawn to engage and talk to that person. Okay? I know some people just have a heart for... For Hindu people, etc., single moms, okay, huge need. And, and there's so many subcategories. We got 21 on here, we could have put 41 on here very easily. We're just trying to say what do we th- think would be relevant for us. Singles, many people have a heart to minister to single people. Students, okay, no brainer that that needed to be on our list, okay. God has graced us as His people plant one foot on the campus, one foot in the community reaching the next generation of leaders on our campuses. The sick, or those in hospital. Some people just love hospital visitations. The widowed, young adults, the youth, etc., etc. This list could be. I'm, I'm highlighting, folks, when God moves you by compassion. God has a heart for every single one of these groups, plus another 200 more. And just recognize when you are moved by compassion that that is how God has made you. And maybe God just wants you to pray for that group of people or that region or that nation. Like Jenny, she prays often for Zimbabwe. Amen? Maybe he's calling. Maybe you have the gift of giving and he wants you to give to missions in that particular region. I don't know. This is how God makes us. He, 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 he's given you a unique heart. And then the last list, and, we, and I want to close with this. And this is also heart stuff. And this is causes or, sp- or spheres or metrons in society that God gives us a heart for. And let's go for it. I'm just going to go from the top. Abortion, abuse, abused people. Okay, many categories of that in itself. People struggling with addictions. The arts. I just love. There's so many outreaches into. Arts festivals now. People just going after artists to reach out to them with the love of the Lord. Business. I have a friend who's called into the business realm. He has a passion to see the kingdom come in the business realm. Childcare. Discipleship. Huge for us. Seeing people maturing in Christ. Education. Many people involved in education have a passion to see the kingdom come in education. The whole sort of the environment. Gender issues. Gender-based violence. Huge. We've highlighted some of that this year. Health and fitness. Um, uh, uh, people have a heart to see that develop. Human trafficking, also huge. Some people would just break down in tears. You just mentioned that. Inner healing, a whole so's of ministry. Law and justice, huge area. Marriage and family, the media, politics and government, poverty, racism. Okay. This year it's just been highlighted. So many people passionate about seeing God's kingdom and his love come in that area. Revival and reformation. Science and technology, ETC, capital, letter, exclamation mark. Folks, God has shaped you uniquely for these different spheres. He's shaped you uniquely for these different spheres. And I want to conclude with, um, skip the next slide and go to the next one with a picture on. Rick, Rick Warren said this. There we go. Instead of trying to reshape yourself to be like someone else, you should celebrate the shape God has given you. And so, Lord, I want to celebrate. Lord, as I'm, as I'm ministering, I'm bringing words, as I'm, as I'm defining, Lord, what you can and have been doing in our hearts. Lord, I, I pray you, that, that my words be used like a sharp two-edged sword. I, I, I have a picture of like just a sword just cutting away at people's hearts. Cutting away at all the rubbish, all the comparison stuff, all the inferiority, all the negativity around who and what God has made us to be. Lord, a two-edged sword. Holy Spirit, just as I put these lists up, Father, I pray that you would use them to just reignite. For some people, it's reignite. They know it's, there. it's in seed form. And as the band was ministering and praying, that the wind of the Holy Spirit, the rain, sorry, rain of the Holy Spirit would come. Holy Spirit, water the seeds of passion and compassion and godly desires, Father, in so many of our hearts. Lord God, that is how the kingdom comes. That is how the kingdom comes. As we flow in our spiritual gifts, as we are moved by compassion as you were in the areas, that you have called us to. Your kingdom comes, Lord. Light comes, Lord. Heaven comes. People are saved. People are transformed. Society is transformed. Life comes, Father. I speak that into every single heart, Lord. May we embrace your shape. Lord, how you've made us to be. Lord, may life flow, Father, as we flow in our gifts, Lord. As we are moved by compassion in these many areas you've called us to. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Jen and I, and as with our leaders, we've been chatting. We, we, we're wanting to engage with you, with this material. It's just so good. It's really life-changing. We're going to do it with some of our leaders' meetings. We, we are looking at in our Connect groups, also rolling this out, sending you some of these lists so you can chat through. And just have the delight of discovering who God's made you to be. Amen. God bless you.